We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, well, welcome into the vault. I am still here coming to you from the Super Bowl in Las Vegas here on Radio Row. I've not got Bobby with me tonight. He is off. He's, he had to do an event tonight, so he's off doing that. But how could we not go live from Las Vegas when we just had NFL honors and Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson? Are you kidding me? He just got his second NFL MVP. I've got his speech, the audio of it. He uh, he stole the show. He stole the show, and he certainly made uh, people laugh with some of his remarks during this speech. So let's listen to that just to get started. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, without him, nothing is possible. Um, I want to thank my organization, you know, Baltimore Ravens, for you know, finally getting this deal done. Um, <laughs> um, shout out to Eric, you know, shout out to Steve, Coach Harbaugh, you know, the whole, the whole unit. My offense, man, my offensive line, man, I can't thank them enough for what they've done. Um, I'm not out there blocking, you know, catching the ball, you know, uh, doing everything, you know, as my team, it's a team thing, you know, for these awards. And, you know, I want to thank my fellow man at home. Um, but you guys have a great night, and that's all, folks. <laughs> All right, so there is Lamar Jackson. A few things from that speech. First of all, got people laughing with uh, saying, hey, shout out to the Ravens for finally getting a deal done, right? It takes two to tango. And I think that we can all agree with Lamar that it took longer than we would have liked. It could have saved a lot of heartache and, um, you know, gnashing of teeth and all of that. But Nonetheless, the Ravens got it done, and so did Lamar. And here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. So we know, we know that there's only two in the history of the NFL people to have a unanimous MVP. That's Tom Brady, and then it's Lamar Jackson. One thing that I wasn't expecting, perhaps it was because of the voting that went down for the All-Pro, Lamar got 45 out of 50. He was this close. Okay, he was this close to becoming a unanimous MVP again. He got 49 out of 50 votes. You know what that tells me? You know what that tells me? That the MVP voters watched some games. <laughs> they watched some tape. Because while we're so busy watching the first takes of the world who are just like, you know, instant reacting to every little thing and the opinions change, uh, you know, from minute to minute. The, NL, the, the MVP voters sit down and they watch tape. And what they're saying is that, you know what? We don't have the statistics built into our system yet to account for somebody like Lamar Jackson. 
it can't be the way we've done it before, where all we do is just say, hey, let's look at some passing yards. Let's look at, uh, you know, I guess you could add on, maybe they can easily add on running and all that kind of stuff. But we had on earlier, uh, just yesterday, I've lost, <laughs> we've been here. I've been in this, this radio row really since 9 a.m. this morning, still going. 9 a.m. Las Vegas time, still going. Uh, pretty much empty at this point. So, um, but we had on Dan Orlovsky yesterday and he let us know, hey, I was an MVP voter. And uh, he told us why he voted for, for, for Lamar Jackson, even though he's been, he's not been shy with how much he loves Josh Allen. And I know I can see it on Twitter. I'm sure all of you can too. There's a lot of Buffalo Bills fans that are upset. Team, you know, fans from other teams. But this is why, this is why one of the 50 NFL uh, MVP voters, Dan Orlovsky, said he voted for Lamar Jackson. I thought Lamar was spectacular this year. And the thing that was different than the initial MVP season is it was easy to take the numbers and just say, hey, what what he's doing is just so unique and rare and special. That wasn't the case this year because of the style of play that would kind of he transitioned into. And I, you know, for I think the last couple of weeks of the season, maybe the last month, I was like, you just have to watch the games and to see, you know, there's hidden yardage by Lamar's plays. You know, the six yard loss becomes a five yard gain. Well, there's 11 yards right there. And then a, a, a three yard loss became a 30 yard gain. So I thought like, you know, with, with the, in, in relation to, okay, what quarterback, you know, I guess did more with less or made up for, or, um, was asked to do more than, I mean, he's right in that conversation with Josh and, and maybe Jalen a little bit this year, but I thought Lamar did it at the highest level consistently. Um, and that's why everyone knows I, I'm a massive Josh Allen fan. I get an MVP vote. I voted for Lamar just because I felt like, mm. um, I felt like without Lamar making something out of nothing so consistently, that was a, a nine win team. And that's what you yeah. – uh, we love the breakdown. Remember, he talked it's about, the look, there should be a measurement of the extension of plays, keeping plays alive, yeah. and yeah. we don't, we don't value no, that enough. There's no metrics that capture the, the full game of Lamar Jackson. There, it's just not there. And so that's why when you look – that's why I love – there's a clip going around of you in Raven's flock that everybody loves where you're debating both Stephen A and Shannon and they're talking about the stats and they're like, but what else am I supposed to look at? And you're like, watch "Watch the the game, game. watch the game. Like everybody loves that. So can you break down for us what you see in Lamar? All right. So you, you heard it there. So Dan Orlovsky put his vote behind Lamar Jackson because he feels like Lamar did more with less, not, and of course the Ravens, uh, up their game and gave him a better receiving core. Isaiah likely busted out, but then he lost his his uh, running backs. We had a rotation at in at offensive tackle on both sides, which is practically unheard of. And so while his offensive line is in disarray for a while there, and while he's learning a new completely offensive system with Todd Munkin, and he's just especially since the bye. Guys, since the bye, think of this, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, shout out to Tylen Wallace on that one, right? But then Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember when Lamar escaped a sack and then was able to, like, incredibly get it to Isaiah Likely, who also made an incredible catch. And then the pinnacle really comes Christmas night, right? Christmas night where he's up against so many stars, where you had Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle, you have Purdy, you have um, who just won the Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey. And with all those guys on the field, it was Lamar who was the biggest star. Then you go over to Miami, Tyreek Hill, an MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson shows him up. And then he did so well, he didn't even have to play in Pittsburgh. So listen, we all know what happened in the playoffs. We all know that Lamar and everybody in Baltimore is not satisfied. But can we block out that noise for tonight? Can we block that out and celebrate this man and what he's done? Because let me tell you something. What This is why this is important. 
people came to me a few times when I was arguing, like when we were in the thick of it, heading into that Christmas game. I put together, there was an episode where I was like, here's all my reasons that Lamar Jackson should be the MVP. And people would say, well, if Lamar doesn't care, I don't care. And I respect Lamar. I respect that he his, his mind is focused on the Super Bowl. That's all he wants. His, he's focused on winning the games. And so because he did that is why he won the MVP. He's not looking for that individual award. But here's why it's important that I still cared and I'm still going to care next year and I'll, and I'll care the year after if he keeps playing at an, M, at an MVP level. Here's why. Lamar Jackson is joining the elite of the elite, okay? He is the 11th player in NFL history. NFL history to win multiple MVPs. You want to hear the other 10? Let me, you, you tell me if you think this is good company to be in. Here's the other 10. Peyton Manning in the Hall of Fame. Aaron Rodgers hasn't retired yet, so we'll see if he makes the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I, I put some, I'm not, I'm not a gambling person, but uh, if I were, I'd put money on that. Tom, Tom Brady, going to be in the Hall of Fame. Jim Brown, Hall of Fame. Brett Favre, Hall of Fame. Johnny Unitas, Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Joe Montana, Hall of Fame. Steve Young, Hall of Fame. Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame. Every eligible person on this list that I just named, Hall of Fame. So don't tell me this isn't important. This is part of building a legacy. And we, and we already know, we already know his career is not over yet. We're just, we're just beginning with two MVPs. And we know that there's, there's more and there's meat on the bone. We've talked to so many people. If you've, if you've been following all of our different interviews, there's meat on the bone even still. Are you kidding me? A unanimous MVP and a 49 out of 50 vote MVP. And we're talking about there's still meat on the bone. But we all think that there is, right? First year in this offense where he's completely taking charge. He caught up with, um, uh, I believe it was NFL Mexico with David Andrade. I'll get that name just on the other side of this. But here was his message from the red carpet to Ravens. Lamar Jackson, Lamar, big night for you. You want to say something to the fans, all the both your fans? Hey, man, we saw we couldn't make it happen for you guys. <laughs> but we're trying to bring some back to home. You know, we're trying to bring some home. Flock Nation, you know. All right, there we go. Lamar Jackson, your two-time NFL MVP, and nobody can take that away from him. Nobody can take that away from him, even though Kyle Hamilton tried to, jokingly. <laughs> he was there uh, with his significant other, and he was there at the NFL Honors, and he tweeted, one billion likes, and I'll Kanye – Lamar's MVP uh, speech. The last I looked, he wasn't close to one billion. <laughs> uh, I don't even. The last time I looked, he wasn't even at a million there. Uh, but good to see Kyle Hamilton there. And um, guess guess who else was there? I, I tell you what, are, are we officially saying that Baltimore is a quarterback factory because Lamar Jackson, two-time MVP. And then look who gets comeback player of the year. And listen, those who have been following, me and Bobby, we would go back and forth. I was not celebrating Joe Flacco while he was enjoying his success with the Browns. I said, I've, and I maintain this, I said, when the season's over and he can no longer hurt the Ravens, I will look back on this and I will celebrate it. But while it was happening, when he was the division enemy, with the Browns, they were threatening to win the division. I wasn't celebrating Joe then. Well, now that it's all over and the Ravens officially were the kings of the North, advanced farther in the playoffs, I can now officially give love to Lamar Jackson, or excuse me, to Joe Flacco. He wins comeback player of the year. He's there with his wife, who has just been an absolute champion of their family. And I actually, I grabbed his speech too, because how cool is this that Ozzie Newsom has now drafted a two-time league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, and now a comeback player of the year? I mean, Ozzie stepped down several years ago, 
But man, it just his it all this stuff just keeps adding to his resume, adding to his resume. Here was Joe Flacco at NFL Honors. Here is his the audio of his speech. First of all, I just want to congratulate all you other nominees and winners here tonight. Um, such a special group of men. I'm just honored to be up here and get to enjoy it all with you guys. Um, big thanks to the city of Cleveland and just everybody in Cleveland. Um, I want to say thank you to my teammates um, just for welcoming me into that locker room at that, at that point in the year. To welcome a new guy is not the easiest thing, so I want to say thank you to those guys. Um, I want to say thank you to the organization for just giving me the opportunity to do what I love to do, and that's play football. Um, and I want to say thank you to the city um, just for making me and my family uh, feel at home for a couple months. Uh, truly special. Um, and before I get out of here, I want to say thank you to my beautiful wife. Um, none of this would be possible without her running the show back at home and being the woman that she is. So thank you, guys. <laughs> that was, is it me or did it sound like, I couldn't tell if Joe was just nervous or perhaps maybe on the verge of getting emotional. Joe, as we know, is called Joe Cool. Uh, but the way that, I mean, he was talking up there, I was like, ah, ah. Joe, is is, is is a tear coming there? I, I hear almost a crack in the throat there, which, you know, makes us all emotional. But to, to have, here's, and here's probably my favorite moment of the night, okay? So Chad Steele, he's the vice president of PR over there at the Ravens. He's actually the first guy that interviewed me before I got my job there way back when. Uh, he caught this moment um, backstage. Oh, my gosh. Let me, let me make sure I got the right one. I don't have the right one. I'm going to have to pull it up. Um, I'll have to pull it up during another video. Uh, but Chad still got Lamar and uh, Joe Flacco uh, catching up backstage. So why don't you give me a second because I don't have Bobby here to talk while I try to go and find this. But I know I did download it. So. All right. Didn't download it, apparently. So, listen, they were backstage, and I can tell you they gave each other a massive bear hug. Just a massive bear hug. And it was just so, it was kind of like one of those moments. Tell me if you felt this way, too. I'm trying to bring up these comments. It was kind of one of those moments where it's like you take a step back and you realize how blessed you've been in Baltimore to go from Joe Flacco straight to, Lamar Jackson and obviously there were some down years there with Joe and you know he he hurt his ACL and I feel like a few a few other ligaments and then uh there just wasn't as many winning seasons really uh after that Super Bowl year but it's just cool to go from from what Joe did and the things he accomplished to now Lamar Jackson and it's just like you just look at other teams in fact I, I've been sitting across from a, from a New York Jets podcast um, all day, and they just had to do like a quick live stream on the Jets owner basically throwing Zach Wilson under the bus and everything that's been going on up there, and I'm just listening to him, and he's screaming at the top of his, his lungs like, I'm just tired of this garbage. I'm tired of not winning. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, it's it, it was just like – a perspective day listening to that and then to watch Joe and Lamar win these awards tonight. It just felt like uh, very, very rewarding. So just a shout out real quick to some of these super chats. Uh, Chocolate Lady Cap, thank you. Appreciate appreciate the love there. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm still getting used to doing this without Bobby here. Let's see. Here we go. And uh, Keto Laura Baltimore with the super sticker. We I greatly appreciate that. I'm trying to bring you guys all the best co uh, content that we have. All right, let's see here. What else we got here? So obviously we see Joe backstage um, with that slick back hair. We all remember that Dennis Pitta helped him with that. And so I wanted to run through some of the other NFL honors um, and some of the, the results there. First of all, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey won that. We all know that he was um, in the running for MVP, uh, but Lamar just stole that. So uh, Lamar got three first, um, first place votes for that. AP Assistant Coach of the Year, Mike McDonald gets second place. Um, 
shorts over Jim shorts over there in Cleveland. He, he won first place, but I'm sure Mike doesn't, doesn't mind too much since he got uh, his head coaching opportunity with a solid organization out in Seattle. So, uh, but it would have been nice to see him win that. I mean, uh, obviously we're biased here, but uh, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, whatever. I, number one in takeaways. Number one in points allowed. Number one in sacks. All in his second year. You got Roquan Smith as a star, but the other star on defense, the other couple stars actually, between Kyle Hamilton and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams, they all had stints where they had to leave due to injury. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It, they just were able to keep things going between Mike McDonald and Roquan Smith and PQ in the middle. So, uh, you know, happy for him that he at least got that second place, but I thought he was uh, deserving of first place. AP Coach of the Year, that went to Cleveland also, Kevin Stefanski. Um, he ran away with, uh, with it. John Harbaugh didn't expect him at all to, to win that, but he did get some love with uh, leading the Ravens uh, to the best record in football. Um, we're all still sour about what happened after that, um, but uh, I have to congratulate him like we are with Lamar on just a, a fantastic regular season. And um, trying to think here, let me pull up some of the others that I didn't have there. So Lamar Jackson, MVP, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year, C.J. Stroud, very deserving Offensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson Jr., Defensive Rookie of the Year, then Joe, and then we went over all the others. The other, the last one that I kind of feel, uh, you know, you, you, you really appreciate all 32 guys that are nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, um, but you guys know, right? He's been the guest of the show all year long. All year long, Roquan Smith. And even though he didn't win it, and I'm sure um, Cameron out in, in uh, uh, Pittsburgh is deserving of it, I would never slight any of these guys. Any 32 of these guys that get nominated for, uh, for this award, you just are grateful to all of them for what they do in their with their various causes and in their various communities. But man, Roquan Smith, I'll, I'll be honest. When Eric DaCosta traded for him, I knew the Ravens were getting a great linebacker. We all knew that, right? But, man, I did not know what kind of character we were getting off the field. And he, we've outlined it on the show before. We've outlined it with him. And, by the way, we're hoping we get him tomorrow. He, he hasn't been through Radio Row yet. Um, usually these guys are all assigned a, a specific day. So uh, if he's coming, if he's through Radio Row tomorrow, you better believe he will be here and we will be catching up with him. Uh, but he has just given everything. He just he just dove right in and he's given everything to the Baltimore community. He tries to still give back back home uh, where in Georgia where he's from. And he has just been, uh, man, you if he if he ends up winning winning stuff with with the Ravens he might be the best trade in in Ravens history I think Anquan Bolden uh probably still takes that for for now but uh Garrett Downing of Ravens Productions he caught up with Roquan uh on the red carpet before the game in his slick black tux and black shirt afterwards here we go, Roquan Smith. Well, Ravens fans, I am here with Roquan Smith here walking the red carpet at NFL Honors. Roquan, how's it feel to be here? Uh, it's an amazing feeling just to be here uh, with my teammates and as well as like other guys across the league, breaking bread with these guys and also seeing everyone in their nice suits like yourself, you know, <laughs> so it's definitely pretty sweet. Roquan, you, uh, you're here as a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is an award that recognizes the work off the field. What does it mean to you to be the Ravens nominee for this award here tonight? Uh, it's a tremendous honor, honestly, to even have my name associated with it. I don't do what I do to be recognized uh, in that uh, aspect, but and it's always about where I grew up. It was always about, you know, uplifting and inspiring uh, lives. And that's just what I try to do on a day in and day out. And like I've said before, if I'm just known as a really good football player, then I've sold everyone short, including myself. So I just try to do the best I can while I can. Tomorrow's not promised, so do all you can while you can. Bro, this year was your first full season in Baltimore, and the impact you're making in the community is already evident. 
why was it so important for you from the, the moment you arrived last year, why was it so important for you to invest in the Baltimore community? Absolutely. I think it just goes back to uh, what I live by being able to inspire and uplift others. And uh, I was a kid once, so I definitely know the impact that it can have on communities when individuals come and do such awesome things, bring so much joy to others. And I just want to be that guy that brings joy to families, uh, whether that's little kids, uh, whether that's homeless, whether that's sick people, whatever the case may be. I just want to be that guy that can bring smiles and bring joy to others' lives. Yeah, I got the comment here. Roe becoming my favorite Raven. It's it's hard not to. It's hard not to at all. Um, okay, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> this one right here from Josh ask, asking me, Sarah, thoughts on on Aaron? Is it Shats? Is that how we say it? Aaron Shats robbing LJ of his second unanimous MVP for clicks on an article. Now I don't know that that's how I would phrase it. Um, I don't know Aaron super well, but I did read that article. And listen, man, Aaron is like a, um, I read that he's just an analytics guy. And he's like, he's quintessential stats. He's quintessential numbers. And that's what he's, that's what he's really built on, you know? And so I don't know when I read it and it was thorough, it was deep. In fact, I had to like, uh, make sure I stayed focused because he was as thorough as they come. And so I got the feeling that he was genuine in his vote. Um, now, just because he's genuine doesn't mean that I have to agree with them. In fact, I don't. I, they're just, when you get so caught up in those numbers, and it, like, it, it just takes away from that gut feel. Like, we talk about this with like analytics when um, head coaches have to make calls on fourth down or um, all, you know, all this different stuff. And, you know, I've talked to so many people this week, talking to um, uh, Hall of Famers. We've talked to current players, this and that. Talked to Rob Ryan today. We actually talked about analytics with him today. And he's like, yeah, every every team does it, and the Ravens are one of the best at it. But, you know, there's a there's a feeling to it. And you have to you have to look into the eyes of your players. You got to get a feel for how things are going. And I say that because that's what um, that's what I feel like is missing if you're only stats. And, and, and I don't want to say stats aren't important. I've said this before. We're going to continue. Like when Lamar won the unanimous MVP, when he won that, we were telling those stats, right, that he led the league in passing touchdowns and in total touchdowns and this and that. And so – but stats to me supplement watching the game. They don't take over watching the game. And that's where I just, I, I feel like Aaron, Aaron's missing it. I, I feel like he's missing it. So, but, but I definitely, I'll just say this. I felt like by reading his article, I felt like he was genuine in, in his, his vote. So um, get this here, GLA, thank you. He said, thank you, Sarah and Bobby for a, a season of great content. We appreciate you um, with that. Okay. What else do I have here? I, I have some other stuff. Okay. Oh, oh, I, by the way, while Roquan was talking, I was able to check, uh, track down the video I was telling you about um, where uh, Lamar and um, Joe Flacco caught up backstage. This, again, is courtesy of Chad Steele. Okay, let, let's watch that again. Is that Lamar basically laying his head and hugging, laying his head on, on Joe's shoulder and hugging him? I can't, I got I to gotta see if I can hear this better. Let's get this volume turned up. Let me, let me, if you guys can help me, what is he saying here? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just say? It's flack? It's flack? Anyway, that would, that just like, that warmed my heart. That warmed my heart to see those two together. It felt like all year because Flacco betrayed us and went over to the Browns uh, that, that, you know, it was like Lamar versus Flacco. And I just like seeing that, that video again of them, of them hugging and embracing. So uh, that, was, that was great to, uh, to watch and see. All right. Anything else on NFL honors? Don't think so. Um, I want to catch up on a few other quick things. So 
Um, some of the big news today, and listen, this one I want to stick to straight facts because I this is obviously sensitive but also important. We can't pretend that it's not happening. So uh, earlier today, let me see if I can pull this up. Bobby's got a lot more practice on this than I do. There we go. So earlier today, um, to go from from this fun stuff with Lamar and Joe, sorry for the abrupt transition, uh, but let's get this, this done. I don't want to ignore it. So um, Baltimore Banner uh, put up this uh, article today. Um, Police investigate Ravens a flower in alleged domestic assault. So I'm just going to read what the facts are here. Um, this is by Jonah Schaefer. Baltimore County police are investigating an alleged domestic assault involving Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers. The Baltimore banner has confirmed the investigation also includes a police department uh, in Acton, Massachusetts, which acknowledged a domestic violence incident reported related to an incident in Baltimore County last month and involving Flowers. Acton police declined to release the report, citing state laws that keep confidential communications between victims and police in cases of domestic violence or sexual assault. An Acton police spokesman also cited the law and declined to answer questions on the matter. When asked if they were investigating Flowers, Baltimore County Police also acknowledged that the department had been made aware of an alleged assault in Owings Mills, in the Owings Mills area on January 21st. A spokesman said, the matter was pending and the department would not release additional details at this time. Flowers has not been charged with the crime. It was not immediately clear if he had an attorney. Uh, and then it says, quote, we take these matters seriously and we'll have no further comment at this time. A Raven spokesman said Thursday afternoon, Flowers agent Zach Hiller did not immediately return messages Thursday afternoon. Flowers played in the FC championship game a week after uh, county police received the report. So. That's what's going on there. Obviously, it kind of dominated the news today prior to NFL honors. And, you know, all you can really say about that one is that um, if there is a um, domestic violence uh, victim, uh, your heart aches for this person and you uh, pray for them. And at the same time, Zay Flowers deserves uh, his due process. And um, and we don't know what's true and what's not true and what things look like. So he deserves um, that due process going forward. And so uh, we'll cover the facts as they come out. Um, but we will stick to those facts until there's more more to go there. Um, now, the other thing that happened today. OK, I like this one. OBJ. OBJ. I love I love this era where players get to push back and they get to try to like push back against narratives if they're so willing to do. And so today, um, I don't know what this account is, NFL retweet. Um, I don't follow it, um, but it certainly came to Odell Beckham Jr.'s. Um, let me see if I can expand this so we can see it. Look at this. I'm learning how to do this on the fly. Okay. So they put out a tweet that says Ravens paid Odell Beckham Jr., uh, they said 16 million, but I, I thought it was 15 million. I'm pretty sure it's 15 and then up to 18 with, with, uh, uh, bonuses. So, but maybe, maybe it ended up being 16 if he hit some, some escalators. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, anyway, regardless between 15 and 18 and, he, and then he finished with, they say 35 receptions, 565, uh, receiving yards, three touchdowns. And then it says OBJ got paid more than $457,000 per reception and then have the exploding head emoji. Okay. So obviously a tweet like that is not really meant to, you know, boast, boast up OBJ clearly. Okay. There's an agenda there and, um, Odell sees it and he responds. And he says, quote, if I was going, if, if I was going to crazy and we were, if I were going crazy and we were losing it, it would, okay. If I was going crazy and we were losing it, it would be my fault. Okay. If we would have won the Super Bowl, it wouldn't have been my fault. It's just funny. The world we live in, I play wide receiver, which means everything has to go right just for one opportunity to catch one pass. And that's just one pass. We were blowing teams out and throwing the ball 20 times 
I played 30% of the snaps, LOL. Please do the math and leave me TF alone. Okay. So listen, it's fair. It's fair if you feel like, um, it's fair if you feel like the Ravens overpaid on OBJ. Okay. If we were specifically talking about production, we get that, right? But OBJ makes some good points here. And before I even get to those, the biggest point, I cannot tell you, we've talked to so many people here. We talked about OBJ with a lot of them. All of them were like, literally doesn't matter what happened this season. The OBJ signing was a love letter to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> okay. That, that was, that was, I'm trying to remember who used those exact words, but I thought that was a good way to explain it. This was a love letter to Lamar Jackson. If OBJ was a necessary part to signing Lamar Jackson, who we are celebrating tonight as a two-time MVP, who only people, the only people who have won multiple times and are eligible are in the Hall of Fame. If OBJ helped bring this man back to Baltimore, nothing else matters because it's also not just about this season. It's bringing him back for another five years. And so now we got another four after this. So, so it's just silly. It's just silly. We all know who Lamar Jackson is. We just saw it again tonight. 49 out of 50 votes. Are you kidding me? Yes, OBJ was worth it. If that's what it did, if that's what we did, we just saw a, a, a speech from Lamar where he makes a joke. He's like, thank you for finally getting this contract done. Even now he's, he's thinking like, oh boy, that took a minute. If OBJ helped get that done, get out of here with like, he's overpaid. I'm not buying it. If you, again, like I said, it's fair. If you want to look at purely production, fine, fine. Have your way with it. Me, this woman, I don't care. I don't care if it helped bring back Lamar Jackson. The second thing is he pointed out, and this is what I love from OBJ and what I didn't expect whatsoever, okay? How selfless he was. How selfless he was with all these other wide receivers. He just pointed out, let's bring this back on. Let's what do he say? We were blowing teams out and throwing the ball 20 times a game. How much do you expect a wide receiver? And maybe that's why the Ravens don't pay a lot for, for wide receivers. Maybe that's why they haven't done it in the past, because maybe they do this math. OBJ never complained about this math once this year. Not once. He was a complete, total team player, completely loved Lamar. The, the last memories we're going to have of him on the field was him going up to Lamar and kind of consoling him in that AFC championship game. Doing the same with Zay Flowers. Doing the same with all the other guys that are new and a little bit younger and haven't, haven't made it all the way like he has before. He's been through so much adversity that he could – be that leader and he could be that support to some of these other players. Not once did that man complain about this math. I played 30% of the snaps. This is OBJ. This is one of the superstars of the league. He has the most Instagram, right? Most Instagram followers of anybody in the NFL. And he played 30% of the snaps and he never complained once because he was here to support Lamar Jackson and this offense, and was thinking of bigger things. And then we're going to go throw that back in his face? What if he was? What if he was a diva and started screaming and complaining for the ball more? He could have gotten those numbers up. Absolutely, if, we, if Lamar was force-feeding it to him. But that never, it, that never took place. And now we're going to hold that against him? No. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. All right. Let me see. Let me take a look at some of these comments. Here we go. Appreciate you, 410 Easy Easy. Keep holding it down, Sarah. <laughs> you the one, 100, 100. Appreciate that. Um, here we go. Heisman and two-time MVP. That's right. We got to bring that up. We got to bring that up. 
Here's what's funny. MG2, so we're talking about OBJ, says Devontae Adams wants his stats, though. No, Devontae Adams, we had on um, Amber Theo Harris, who covers the Raiders now, and she had had De Devontae Adams on her show, and she asked him, would you prefer, you know, would you prefer 1,200 yards and kind of solidify yourself in the Hall of Fame, or would you take, like, Zay Flower stats? and be with Lamar. He's like, okay, give me Lamar. He's like, I want to, I want a chance to play with Lamar and I want to win. I want to win. So, um, here we go. Let's see what Aline Nolan says. I think they need to bring OBJ in as one of the uh, O coaches. Well, I think OBJ is going to want to keep playing. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be in Baltimore, but I think he wants to keep playing. Uh, all right. So a couple other things, just, just to kind of sum up some of the interviews that we had, and then you guys can go back and check out some of these, um, interviews let me see i wrote some notes to myself so i could remember okay so we had on tom pelicero early earlier today and we got kind of um into the the details behind the jerry rossberg and the report that he had um he didn't he didn't really explain why he said everybody was under the was under the understanding that Jerry was coming back to Baltimore. He said everybody had that understanding. And then suddenly he wasn't. Now, he didn't explain if, like, contract, you know, details broke down. He didn't really say. Maybe Jerry had a second, had, had like, second thoughts because maybe he had already retired, right? He had already retired. Maybe he was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Am I, do I really, who knows? Who knows what the reason was? Tom couldn't explain that. But one thing that I did get from that, um, from that conversation, because I asked him, I was like, "Well, what 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 would this game management role entail?" And he's like, "Well, all teams do it, but there's like different there's different people that do it." And he said, "But however, usually it's the special teams coordinator that does it." And so when people were kind of busting on John Harbaugh, like, "Wait, what does he do, do during the game?" Well. All teams already have this type of thing because there's like Tom Palacero said, some guys have four analytics guys that are on the headsets. And so um, perhaps Jerry Rosberg was just going to fulfill a role that he always did as special teams coordinator. Because what Tom is basically saying is like special teams coordinator. I mean, their their units on the on the field, what percentage amount during the game, right? What percentage are they out there? So a lot of times he said that game management role will fall to a special teams coordinator anyway. So maybe that was going to help things here and allow the Ravens current special teams coordinator, just focus on special teams. And then maybe Jerry was going to, who knows, who knows, but that was something that was interesting to me that he's like, okay, that's usually a job of special teams coordinator anyway. So maybe there was um, more put into that than there, there really was that John was going to hire somebody in that role. I mean, there's always somebody that, that does it anyway. Um, all right, we talked to Marcus uh, Williams uh, earlier today, and <laughs> he was he was funny. I, I did I will say I, I enjoyed going down talking about the snow and him getting stuff done with the garbage can. But uh, he made clear. Okay, we asked him like, when do you turn the page? And he's like, I'm not turning the page. He's like, I'm still salty. I am still salty. And uh, you know, I asked him if he was like. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, who said that he doesn't want anybody else to win. But of course I misspoke. And I said, nobody else can lose. And he's like, no, 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 nobody else can win. Uh, and he's just like, he's just, they're all just still angry. Just like Ravens fans are just still not turning the, he said, I am salty. So go check that out. Rob Ryan, this one was an interesting one. Uh, you're gonna have to go check out this interview. So, um, I saw him out of the corner of the eye. He was so laid back and cool. He's obviously coaching, uh, with the Raiders right now. I'm telling you, out of nowhere, we were not digging for this. Out of nowhere, he starts going off about how uh, when he was the the inside linebackers coach, how Wink Martindale would take Patrick Queen off the field on third downs. And he was like, that was the dumbest move. That was the dumbest move. Why are we taking Patrick Queen? He, this is a great kid. He's fantastic. And he just, he's like, it was the dumbest move ever. And um, and then he says, it's why we both got fired. <laughs> I was like, 
Woo, Nellie, I was just having you want to talk about Mike McDonald and maybe Zach Orr, and then he went off on, on Week Martindale. And so one thing is for sure, okay, the Ryan brothers are not afraid to make a big, bold statement. So he was, he was um, quite the interview earlier today. And then I just wanted to say this. So um, Deion Sanders, man, he had people around him, but he was around here today. And um, I don't know if I've ever told this story on here before, but listen, it's late at night. I think it's 12.02 in Baltimore on the East Coast. It's nine o'clock here. Um, I don't know what's going on, but if you're still with me right now, how about I just share this story and then we'll, we'll close up. <laughs> we'll close up with this. So I see Dion today and um when i was i was working for the ravens when dion was here and um there was one weekend where i actually spoke at my church okay and a couple of my friends from the ravens came to support me and listen to me there and um and so the next day uh we're down by the ravens locker room and we're trying to get different guys to do different interviews and um and so I was standing outside the locker room with my friend who had come to church and Dion comes out and the three of us start chatting. And then she goes, well, you know, Dion, she was, she was like, you know, uh, I just went to church with Sarah yesterday. She sp spoke at church and he's like, is that right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, tell me what you talked about. And I was like, okay, okay, Dion. And I was like, I just thought he just wanted like the topic. And I was like, well, I spoke about the Holy ghost and the, the, the influence it has on us. And he's like, okay, okay, go on. And I was like, oh, does Dion, Dion want me to give him like my full like speech at church? Like what's going on? What's happening right now? So I start to do it, but then Dion gets pulled away for an interview and I had to go anyway. I had to go get a player to get him to his interview. And he's like, Dion's like, all right, well, come find me again. Once we're both done, let's meet back here. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So um, I go and do my thing. And then I come back to the locker room and it's like a ghost town. And I was like, oh, well, I'm like, he left. I'm sure he left. So I go to leave and there's like this long hallway in the Ravens facility, okay, where that connects kind of like the football side to the business side that you kind of walk down. And um, I'm, I'm heading back to my desk and, it's a, and I'm way down at the end of the, of the, on the other end of it. And all of a sudden I hear, hey, preacher girl, hey, preacher girl. And I look back and I was like, it's Dion. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were going to tell me more about the Holy Ghost. And I was like, okay. So I turned back around and I walked back down to Dion and we have like this um, 15 minute conversation about the Holy Ghost. And so ever since that day, he would call me preacher girl. So when I saw him today, and even though he had his, his like people around him trying to make sure people stay away, uh, of course, I was going to try to get him for an interview and they were not having that. Okay. They were not having that. However, I did, um, I did reach out to him and, you know, I introduced myself and I was like, do you remember me preacher girl? And he's like, Oh, preacher girl. He's like, we used to talk about the Lord together. And like, you know, and by that time the people were getting mad His people were getting mad. They're like, you, you got to back up. You got to back up. And I was like, all right. So I just kind of give him like a big side hug or whatever. So uh, man, that is another guy that's just larger than life. Like you, you look around here. I mean, there's, there's things everywhere, but when Dion comes in, it's like everybody, you know, freezes and whatnot. So that was, um, that was a fun moment between catching up with Dion today and catching up with Steve Young yesterday. That was, that was really cool. Plus all the guests that we've had. So, you know, if you can support the channel, uh, go, go check out, um, all these different interviews that we put up. I don't even know, I, and we haven't been consistent with the morning vault. Obviously, we're just churning out as much as we can. But uh, when we get home, on, uh, I'll be back to watch the Super Bowl at home with my family Sunday. And then maybe, maybe we'll do a live stream Monday. And then Tuesday, we'll get back to these morning vaults. But it's just been a whirlwind, and it's been a blast. And I, I just want to say I appreciate everybody that's been supporting us and, and uh, supporting uh, what we've been doing out here. It's just so cool that we're here. So, um Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. I hope, I know Lamar's probably not listening to this, but if you were, I hope that Lamar cherishes this moment. Uh, we, I know, we all know that it, that it just was, just stunk the way that ended, right? It's just a gut punch. But I think when his career is over, I think he's gonna appreciate this. 
at least I hope he does, to look back and look at the company that he's in and just block out the noise. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are just like only bringing up the playoffs. But, man, I think when we look back, all the, they're going to remember he's at, he's at bare minimum six years in at two-time MVP. And there's no way I've lost hope with him, especially after, like, I'm just talking to people like Steve Young and I'm talking to all these different different people. And it just is like a reminder. I mean, this is the first time he fully had the keys. He's going to get better. He's going to keep getting better. The way he processes information, he's going to keep getting better. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Joe Flacco. Congratulations to all the award winners. Just what a special weekend. And uh, I hope all of you have a great night. Thank you for staying up late with me. It is officially uh, Friday, right? It's Friday there in, in Baltimore. So uh, we'll get we'll get Bobby back in here tomorrow. We'll get some more interviews. We have Mike Florio. Oh, this is going to be interesting. We got Mike Florio. We're going to see if he tries to like wiggle his way out of the things that he said. Um, we're trying to get Kay Adams. Kay, we've been trying every day, but that we've been in touch and they're really trying to get her. She is a wanted, wanted person around here for interviews. We're trying to get Kay. Hopefully Roke want to be here. And then it's just a madhouse. We'll grab as many people as we can. So thank you for listening to the, to the, to the, I almost said the morning vault this morning. Thank you for listening to the vault. And uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.